If you want to know how to create like the grades, let's break it down. I'm Ross Simmons, the CEO of Foundation. On this show, Create Like the Greats, I like to give you a glimpse into my life and how I am striving to create a life that I consider great. And my goal is simple, folks. I want to share my perspective, my experiences, my life, so you can ultimately do the same. All I need is one person to hear this episode, to hear in any episode, and to ultimately use the lessons and ideas that I share to help them do exactly that. Create something great. Some of the lessons that I'm going to share in this episode today are some of the lessons that were a little bit difficult for me to learn. Some of these lessons have come from trial and error, struggle, experiments, experiments with things that ultimately led to failures. And some of the lessons that I'm going to share today are actually lessons that I learned while going on this journey of creating Create Like the Greats with you and talking with some of the greatest minds of the current day. Now, I want to take you back into time, into the early days of my life when I was growing up in a small place called Preston, Nova Scotia, Canada. Some of you will be familiar with it, some of you won't. I grew up in a small town where you knew everybody's name. You could go up the street and play basketball with kids that you knew and you were completely safe everywhere you went because you always knew that somebody somewhere knew you or knew your parents or knew your grandparents or something like, it's a very tight knit community. You could go literally for hours up the street without telling people where you were There was no cell phones back then, and people were just comfortable with it. Today, that's wild, right? It would be wild to think that you can just leave your town in almost every North American city or town or even community and just be good to walk around the streets as a kid, eight-year-old, nine-year-old, 10-year-old kid, and have comfort knowing that they're okay, that they're safe, and that somebody will have their eye on them no matter where they are. This is life in the small town. I grew up in a small town. I like to say I'm a country boy who now lives in the city and lives a city life, but throw me into the country and I'm home. When I can look up into the sky and see nothing but stars, I feel at home. When I'm in the darkness in the middle of the woods and I can hear birds, I can hear the sounds of crickets and the sounds of the wilderness, I'm at peace. When I'm on the ocean in a canoe, a kayak, I'm at peace. You might hear this time and time again from people from small places. They credit a lot of their success to their upbringing, to the ways in which they had to navigate life in the small town. You can think of someone like Carrie Underwood, uh, who was the winner of American Idol way back in the day and one of the most successful American Idol contestants of all time. They were brought up in a small town in Oklahoma. And before their audition, she had never even been on a plane before, right? Uh, Dolly Parton, another one of those great songwriters, humble beginnings, but ultimately was able to grow up in a small town in Tennessee and says herself that she was dirt poor growing up. Where I'm going with this is simple, folks. I love cheering for the underdogs, for the people who grow up in small towns, small communities, where in some ways you get written off, where other people might say, oh, this person won't be able to become anything, blah, blah, blah. I'll never forget. I read a a newspaper article about someone who came from my same town, my community. And this journalist had the audacity to write, nothing good oftentimes comes from this place. And it was just like a slap in the face. But I know so many people read that. So many people read that. And there was essentially two, two mindsets, right? There was the mindset of, okay, that is a harsh critique of this place. And then some people viewed it and they said, let me prove you wrong. 
Let me show you what can come from here. Let me show you what has come from here. And let me show you what will come from this small town that you've written off, right? I always believe truly in this idea that no matter where you're from, if you've got Wi-Fi connection, if you have a little bit of ambition, no matter where you're from, you can break out and you can achieve some great things. And there's a lot to say about this notion of leaving a small town. So let me give you a glimpse into a perspective that I shared earlier this year on advice to people who grow up in a small town. My biggest piece of advice to anybody that's from a small town, a small city, a small community is this. Get on a plane and explore. Get away from the two local bars. Get away from the 10 people that you see every single weekend. Get away from the 50 people that made up your entire life and just get on a plane and experience other cultures, experience other places, see the world and realize that things are so much bigger than where you are today. Things are so much bigger, so much broader, and the opportunities that exist are so much more significant. That one person that doesn't like you doesn't actually matter. That one group that declined you to join their company, their group, their organization doesn't really matter. The world is big, the world is massive. The only thing that can hold you back is whether or not you are going to stay with a small town mindset or if you are going to level up to big time dreams. I can remember when I graduated from university, I had the opportunity to go into an ad, an advertisement promoting the school. And I don't know how creative this campaign is, but essentially all of the students, all of the people who were going through my school, shout out to St. Mary's, they had the opportunity in this ad to say, I want to do something. And some people were saying, I want to make a nuclear reaction. I want to make my money work. I want to learn about psychology, blah, 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 blah. Everybody said they wanted to do these things. My statement was simple. I just said, I want to see the world. <laughs> that was it. I just said, I want to see the world. Because as someone who was from a small town, I hadn't seen a ton of the world growing up. And now I just love the idea of being able to travel. I love being able to travel to speak on stage at different conferences, at different marketing events, um, and do my thing and rock the mic. There's nothing, nothing cooler. Well, in fact, I, I changed that. There is something cooler. And it's just recently started to happen, which is the ability to bring family with me to experience those things. I always say, whenever I talk to people about life, I say, life is simple. Life is the experiences we have and the people that we share them with. That's it. That's what life is. And the cooler the experiences and the cooler the people, the more happy I am. So when I think about experiences, I think about even this podcast. And I think about the experience that I've had creating this, creating this because I want it to exist. I'm not stressing over the results of this podcast. I don't stress over how many downloads. I haven't checked how many downloads create like the great skits in a very long time. My team does. Don't get me wrong. They're constantly checking. They're constantly reviewing. They're constantly monitoring. They're constantly thinking about how we can experiment to grow and get more traction. I just see all the emails. I see the DMs. I see the LinkedIn posts. I see your messages. I see the reviews. I appreciate all of you. But I, I remove the expectations that this podcast needs to do a certain thing. And because of that, I'm content. I'm happy because I'm always viewing every single episode as a thing that I want to do, as a contribution to this thing, this project that I've taken on with the intent of creating something great, something that I hope other people will be able to learn from, enjoy, and that's it. I want to share with you where that mentality stems from. It's from a simple concept, a simple idea about falling in love with the process.
Finding a service solution that helps you better connect with your customers and keep them happy can feel impossible. It's kind of like trying to remember the name of the guy that you just met at a networking event. Was it Ron? Was it Don? Was it John or Sean? Who knows, right? It's like that kind of impossible. HubSpot's all new service hub can help. Well, with the service solution program, at least. It brings service and success together in one powerful platform for the first time ever. With an AI-powered help desk and an AI chatbot that helps handle frontline tickets fast. Plus, it comes with a customer success workspace that helps your reps anticipate customers' needs. And a full 360 view of every customer so you can go to market and your go-to-market team can have a pulse on the accounts before you try to upsell or cross-sell. Also, you can scale, support, drive retention, and revenue. And you know what that means. Better service, happier customers at every single stage of the journey. Visit HubSpot.com service to do more with your customers today. Expectations will leave you depressed. I was reading a book called The Psychology of Money, and in it, the author said, happiness is just results minus expectations. Happiness is just results minus expectations. We oftentimes spend way too much time focused on our expectations, our vision, our belief on what a desired state would be. We oftentimes find ourselves thinking over and over again about whether or not someone should have felt a certain way because we did a certain thing, whether or not we deserve to get a certain outcome out of a project, whether or not we deserve to get a certain outcome because we launched a campaign, launched a video. Why didn't we get as many likes and shares and comments as we deserve? That is going to send you down a spiral. But when you focus exclusively on the result, where you exclusively focus on the output, the action, the activities that you are taking day to day, and you start to become obsessed with the process, and you become obsessed with the things that you control, life becomes a lot more smoother. Life becomes a lot more easier because you don't have expectations on the things that you are doing. You have fewer expectations on how the world, the market, and people that you care about should behave because of the things that you've done. And when you do that, when you can be content, and when you can sit and be content with your efforts and your energy and the way that you allocate it, that is when you find true happiness. And that, that right there, folks, is what we're here for, right? We're here to live an amazing, incredible, and yes, great life. I did an episode nearly a year ago about the most common regrets that people have on their deathbeds. And I'll link to this episode in the show notes because I think it's worth checking out. And if you um, aren't good at navigating show notes, just do a quick search. Deathbed regrets, Ross Simmons, Create Like the Greats, you'll find it. And in this episode, I share my thoughts from um, this piece that a hospice nurse had uh, shared around the regrets that many of her patients had on their deathbed. And those regrets consisted of things like, I wish I had the courage to live a life that I was true to myself. I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. I wish I didn't work so hard. I wish I would have let myself be happier. I wish I would have let myself be happier. I found that one fascinating. So I wanted to share with you another clip around my exploration on what is perhaps, perhaps, I'm not convinced, but perhaps the key to happiness. Yeah, I think the key to happiness is being able to be met with any obstacle, any challenge, any problem, and just stay the same. And for me, that's something that I aspire for every single day. I always say, like, if the internet can provoke you, the internet can control you. And that idea 
that the media, the person on Twitter, the person on Facebook, the person who's sliding in your messages and your DMs, the comment on YouTube, if any of those people can provoke you and take up a lot of energy and mental space in your brain, then you are going down a slippery path. And I would encourage you to try to take a second, as soon as you see that comment, as soon as you see that and start to think, all right, I need to be in control of my emotions. I need to be in control of my reactions. I need to be in control of me. Because if other people can simply say things that provoke me, to get me riled up, to get me fired up, then you're losing, right? You're losing the game of life, which ultimately you should be aspiring to be in control of your own life. And if you can control your reactions, then you are on a whole nother level of being. You know, I, I really do understand that life is hard. It can be. I've seen difficulties. I can remember being like, let me think, 17, 16, 15, 18, 19, 20, 21, and being dirt poor, dirt broke, not being able to put gas in the gas tank, right? $5 sometimes max, sometimes $2.50. I was looking for a toonie and I put $2 worth of gas in the car just to make it home, right? Like I can remember being faced with these challenges, challenges where like one of my first contracts with a, a client, I can remember getting this deal and I couldn't afford a suit. So I wore my dad's suit and it was way too big for me, but I wore the suit to this meeting. I can remember going through it, right? I can remember going through it. And all I can say to anyone who goes through it is that you're going to be faced with challenges. Challenges are going to come at you. You're going to be met with struggle. I have lost deals for ridiculous reasons. I have lost opportunities for different reasons, for reasons that I have zero control over. I've had people show up on podcasts, on webinars, and say things that they would never say to your face just because they wanted to get me riled up. These things in the moment suck, but upon reflection, I'm able to quickly, clearly understand and, and get my mindset around a simple concept, a simple idea, which is the idea of your circle of control versus your circle of concern. You have to focus on the things that you actually have control over. The circle of control are the things that you can take control over. Things that you have in your circle of concern are the things that you might get caught up with following, but you don't control. What you need to focus on is the things that you actually have control over. You can't solve things that you have no control over. You can solve the things that you do have control over. And surround yourself with people who have that same mindset. A mindset that is rooted in solution Oriented. The best people that you can ever work with are people who are solution oriented. They see a problem, they see a struggle, they see a challenge, they see something wrong within the organization. They don't just write about the problem, they don't just send out an email talking about the problem. They start to think about a solution and they bring that solution to the forefront while also talking about the problem. You have to be solution oriented. If you're an entrepreneur, if you're a marketer, if you're a creator, if you're an employee, whatever it is that you do in life, if you can be solution oriented, you will go very, very far. I talked about this earlier and, and at Foundation, I love working with people who are solution oriented. We work with some of the biggest names in software. We work with companies that have fundamentally changed their industry. And there's absolutely no way that I would have been able to build, sustain, or better yet, be able to connect with these companies without having a team that is solution oriented. I strive every single day to create an environment for my team where they can feel empowered to make solution oriented decisions where they can feel empowered to make solutions and bring solutions forward. If someone is always poking holes, if someone is always complaining, if someone always sees a problem, 
if someone always sees a gap, sees an issue, sees a, a scenario that might not work, then that is a person who is constantly on the simple treadmill of despair. I could do an entire episode on how to become more solution-oriented because it's so easy to complain. It's so easy to constantly be frustrated. It's so easy to dislike something. It's so easy to constantly critique, but it is hard, very, very hard to create. It's very hard to develop things. It's hard to ship things, to launch things, to build things, but it's easy to critique. It's easy to poke holes. It's easy to complain. When I look at some of the guests that we've had on Create Like the Greats, when I think about um, executive performance coach, Dr. Julie Gurner. Chase Diamond, the man who built a multi-million dollar media empire on social, or Chris Boardman, right? Uh, a successful film composer, Emmy Award winner. Tamara Dwartz, an orchestral conductor, the director of orchestral studies at Georgia State. When I think about these individuals, I think about individuals who are consistently solution-oriented, who are consistently focused on trying to get to a better outcome than what exists today. They all have that desire to be solution-oriented. They all embrace a simple concept of staying curious. When I ask them those questions at the end of the episodes, if you want to go back and listen to them, I strongly recommend you do. They constantly talk about being curious. They constantly talk about being into this idea of bettering themselves, of keeping going, of continuously improving. And that is what shows up in people who do great things. Simply put, if you don't start, you'll never finish. And I guarantee you, some of you right now are sitting on ideas, are sitting on concepts, are sitting on stories and messages and things that you've created or wanted to create, artwork maybe even, that you just haven't published yet. And I don't know why. I really don't know why. So I'm going to leave you with one last word, a word that I took from another video that I recorded recently that I hope might be that trigger to get you over the finish line to finish that thing. Finish that thing that you spent so much time trying to bring to life. Finish that podcast that you were going to launch. Finish that YouTube channel that you were going to start. Finish, finish, finish. That is something that not a lot of people actually do. They don't finish what they start. We have ideas, we have dreams, we have visions, we have a storyboard on the wall that showcases all of the things that we wanna accomplish someday, but we actually never finish even step one to get that vision board come true. Finish the things you start. Stop scrolling right now. Go finish some of those things that you actually spent so much time just getting started with and see what happens when you bring it to life. If you made it this far, I want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the show. And I hope you found this montage, this collection of ideas, of stories, of messages to be valuable in some way for your life, for your week, for your day, for your evening or afternoon, whatever it might be. I hope that you can go out and create something great and I hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you did, smash that five-star rating, share it with a friend, forward it to a colleague. I'm Ross Simmons and I'll see you on the internet. Go create something great.